0: Another world, another time, in the Age of Wonder.
1: You are listening to The Dark Crystal Minute. And begin all the same, sometimes good, sometimes bad.
0: And now once more the world must undergo a time of testing. It is time, time to return to the castle. There is much to be learned and you have no time
1: and here's your hosts Philip Mitchell and Jamie Prader Hello and welcome to The Dark Crystal Minute this is your minute by minute discussion on the cult classic film The Dark Crystal I'm Philip Mitchell and I'm the host of Trial by Stone The Dark Crystal Podcast
0: and I am Jamie Prader I'm the host of Perfect Organism The Alien Saga Podcast
1: and today, we are up to uh, minute four of The Dark Crystal. So, yeah, again, we're sort of going through each minute by minute and um, really analysing and dissecting um, the film. And so, yeah, no, which is great. So, I guess we'll just get right into it. So, overall in this minute is really just the, um, more or less the, the opening credits of The Dark Crystal. So, you start off with a wide shot of the Skeksis, Getting beamed with the, the light sort of going into their eyes. As the narrator so sort of described, as you know, using the source of the sun to cheat death once more, etc. Yeah, we, we get the the credits of the film. And so we'll go into the first shot, and um, and I believe this is uh, Skekok, the scroll keeper. Um, and so he's basically one of the Skeksis who uh, just kicked. Uh, has a, has a record, uh, of all things Skeksis and, um, I mean, he's sort of described as he wears a dark robe of pleated printed pages resembling a book and a row, and a row of three sun eyeglasses on his beak. And, um, and he was the smallest, finest feature, least honest of all Skeksis. And he wrote and rewrote his accounts and kept changing them to please one or another of his shifting allies. Um, so i mean all all, all the all, so I mean, you can find all this sort of information on the darkcrystal.com. dot com um so I mean, which is kind of cool, just to sort of you know uh doing a shot like this is sort of actually working out you know who's in that shot and who's in that shot, so um no which is really cool, um and I guess you know probably the most unusual um not unusual, but i I don't think I've ever seen like in an opening credits you know conceptual designer you know, as sort of the first title card. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't yeah. know your thoughts about that, Jamie, yeah.
0: Um. Yeah, I, well, I think what my thoughts are is that Jim Henson knows that this is not a, something he's done by himself. He is crediting everyone who is responsible for every part of this film um, because it's such a collaboration. This is, you know, as much as we attribute The Dark Crystal to Jim Henson, it's also as much Frank Oz as it is Jim Henson. Um, so I feel like he was really trying to get everyone in to say, yes, this guy and this guy and this lady and this person. And, you know, um, that's what I think.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's great, you know, to see, you know, Brian, Brian Frout's name just, you know, pretty much right at the start, um, being credited as conceptual designer, which, I mean, of course, with a film like this uh, to really, um bring the world to life um essentially that um you know you sort of had to put his name front and center well i mean it's a bit to the left but you know you get what i mean about um yeah yeah, yeah with the with the credit um and and i mean like with Brian Froud i think um basically how it all started was i think Jim Henson he saw one of his um, um illustrations in a um, in some children's book that was, I think, it was to do with like, like a character that sort of almost looked like a Skeksis, but sort of in a crocodile, um, kind of um, creature-like character. Yes, yes. And um, that that was sort of the the spark, I guess, in a way for Jim to give Brian a call and say, "Hey, you know, I like your stuff. You know, I think we should work together on something." Um, and yeah, so that's sort of. Uh, You know the the origins of you know with Brian Froud. I know he's had a uh, big background um, mainly to do with you know with with the fairies and and all that kind of stuff. Um, So I mean, of course, this is you know Brian Froud's um, first you know feature film credit. Um, I'm I'm, I believe I'm pretty certain that is the case because I don't think he's ever worked on a feature film um, before. So. i mean that that's one of those things you know if I get the chance to um to chat to him on the trial by stone podcast I would love to chat to him about you know how how hard how challenging it was to sort of going from you know just illustrating for you know you know as art or for books from books to uh doing conceptual designing uh for for film essentially so mm-hmm. um, yeah.
0: And and he was in a very interesting position because obviously you know, but many of the people who are listening may not know that the Dark Crystal was workshop for a long time without a story. They were they were bringing creatures to life. They were bringing um, uh, landscapes to life. All of this was going on for years before they had a script or a story. Uh, they knew the world that they wanted to inhabit, and really, he saw Jim Henson saw that one book and. Uh, Oh, I wish I could remember the name of it. But he saw that one book and he realized this is here's where I want to go. So they started going there without really knowing what was going to happen. It's not the way movies are made typically. Movies are made very there's a script first, you know, and from that script you do storyboarding and then from those storyboards you realize what kind of sets that you want, and then you you know, you do your you know, you do your uh, casting and then you do your take your measurements of your actors to get the scale of the sets and to get the costumes it's all very kind of through committee um it's very it's very specific so the way they made the dark crystal and with um brian froud there they were like no let's just build this world and see where we go um it's very avant-garde very uh unorthodox
1: and and also I, i i had a look just now and um Uh, Having a look on darkcrystal.com, the making of um, section of the page, Um, it says, um, so since 1976 that Jim Henson uh, saw an image of Brian Froud's art that appeared on the cover of a book of British illustrators called Once Upon a Time. And Henson has someone from his office meet Froud about a possible collaboration. Um, Yeah. So that's, that's how it all started in 1976.
0: Yeah, that was the year I was born, so crazy
1: yeah that's awesome and so we'll get into the next shot and we see um Skektek the scientist who um you know we'll definitely see uh him much later in the film and of course uh, the credit on you know with his uh with the shot of Skektek uh goes to Oswald Morris the director of photographer uh whom we've sort of talked about in the previous minutes so um as I said uh, and I, I guess um my only observation was the BSC uh, stands for the British Society of Cinematographers. Um, of course, I think with um, cinematography, you know, they usually have some sort of guild or whatnot um, credit. At the end so for anyone of those listeners are wondering what is this what is what does that bsc stand for uh well, well that's what it stands for um the british society of cinematographers and um and of course as we sort of chatted about in the previous minutes so that this was his last uh feature film um that he worked on so, yeah yeah
0: and i think he was uh uh i think it had retired at that point but um uh if i'm i think if I'm correct, I'm not mixing up my movies I believe Jim Henson convinced him to come out of retirement for this one last movie oh, okay, yeah, I I'm, think so I'm pretty that, sure
1: that, that sort of vaguely rings a bell um yeah, it's something I would like to yeah look into um um love to know if there was like any interviews um with Oswald you know back back in the day um, mm-hmm. about his uh work um but yeah yeah, yeah. I, mean, that, I love
0: this yeah. shot too. Yeah. The shot of this of Skektek. I mean, and he's very there's lots of fabric. There's lots of movement. Like he's cur- like his back curves up, which also um reflects the doorway he's in. There's these there's these hard angles, but then you get to Skektek and there's these kind of beautiful curves. This this like drapery. Um, he's almost beautiful in his ugliness, you know? Yeah. Like you can see that um, these creatures are as ugly as they are internally um there's also the sense of grandeur and beauty about them as well i mean it's it's a it's one of, it's a really beautiful uh wider shot of a character we don't get these shots too, too much in no. the film uh, because most of the time they're moving and these puppets are being puppeteered by people under the floor um so this is really i just i love this shot i, I want a poster of it
1: yeah i know it would be awesome yeah like have a poster of all these shots of the Skeksis and um yeah, yeah. And and just even like um i probably go into it later on, but I just love the subtletiness of um the Skeksis like breathing. Um which yes. like to, there's one shot in particular where it's like, you know, that looks like a living creature. So the next shot, um, film editor, Ralph uh Kempling
0: he also did the African queen, which is a, um, a very, you know, classic Hollywood film, Ralph Kemplin. Um, yeah, the dark crystal, he did Oliver. He did the a man for all seasons. Um, yeah, I mean this man, he, Ralph Kemplin is Hollywood royalty.
1: Yeah, I, absolutely. And, um, I'm just trying to think like, um, so this, so yeah, so this is, um, being introduced to Skickick, um, who's sort of the, um, you know as i sort of described probably the most feminine of all of all the skeksis with lots of jewels and and um and whatnot and um and yeah it's just like just another you know, great shot of um you know seeing seen the skeksis and and all that and um
0: which as we're talking about skekek um again another gorgeous shot of this creature you know i mean look at the artistry uh, seriously, like, look at this. Like, I mean, it's unbelievably beautiful. Um, this thing is living and breathing, and there's no CGI. It is, you know, fabricated parts. I, I just, I can't even, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, I, I actually uh, saw this puppet uh, up close. I was at the Jim Henson Studios in, in Hollywood, and they have this Skeksy there. Um, yeah. And I walked right up to it. Um, and it's amazing. It's, it's even more beautiful. Sometimes, you know, with things like this, you see the real thing and you're like, oh, okay, that's cool, but it's not as cool as it looked in the film, you yeah, know? Yeah. Well, this puppet is as cool, if not more cool in person um, than it, as it is on film. And uh, Tim Clark said once, one thing and Tim Clark is a fabricator if anyone doesn't know um, he fabricated the mystics I think he puppeteered yes, yeah. a couple of things um Tim Clark said you know it's such a shame we, we we devoted so much detail to these things and a lot of it was lost which was true because when you see this puppet up close this Kekek, whatever his, it's name is technically it's it is unbelievable the level of detail um the shading of the skin um I, I can't even I can't even accurately describe how beautiful it is.
1: Yeah, it, yeah, it's just so much detail. Because yeah, I've, I I do remember um, he he was chatting about one of the episodes of Trial by Stone about um, I think because of the filter that they used, um, how the film sort of looks a bit uh, bluish or or was some something like that, some kind of lighting technique that sort of felt like that sort of lessened the detail of. Uh, the, the, the creatures mm-hmm. so yeah i mean that's something i would love to just sort of see see them in in real life you know at the whether it's at the jim henson company um or the um i'm just trying to think or the uh, the, the center of puppetry at the um at atlanta uh, i know that they've got uh, quite a few characters there on display yep. so yeah uh, so this is um uh, St- Skechner, the slave master. Um, yeah. who we, we sort of know that he was uh puppeteered by, uh, Mike Quinn. Um, who's yes. done a lot of, uh, puppeteering, uh, not only with Muppets, but also with Star Wars and, and lots of other little things in between. Um, and I mean, this was sort of one of his sort of early, uh, works, you know, for, a, oh, for a feature film. Um, Performing a uh, skick, the the slave master, and mm-hmm. we get a the production designer title is uh, to Harry Lange, um, who's best known for his um for his work on I think two thousand one A Space Odyssey the uh, Stanley Kubrick film, um, and he was also the art director for for James Bond film uh, Moonraker and and he, and he also did work on the first uh, the three Star Wars films as an art director and set decorator uh four empire strikes back and then he was he was nominated uh for art direction oscar and and again, you know it's just it's sort of telling about just the amount of work that goes into these sets and um bringing the world to life and you know yeah from from harry um and and the next character is um i don't think I can ever get his name right but he's called. Skeka yak I think that's how how you say it. Skeka yak the Gorman, is sort of like a you know, big face sort of um uh like a turtle slash crocodile. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um and I guess that's the thing about each uh Skeksu is that they really try to make them um you know, make them very distinctive from one of one, one another so they don't all look like the same. Um yeah. Which which is great, um, in that regard, because I mean, I, I guess you know, as a kid you don't really think of, you know, the names of the Skeksis. I mean, of course, you, we never really got the name of the Skeksis. You know, if you wanted to know that, you would have to read a book or, um, or whatnot. Um, so sort of you know growing up, and then you know watching the film, you realize you know just how different and different personalities that they all have, um. Yeah, yeah, which is which is very cool. Um and uh, and of course, you know, the music going, you know, the music credit to Trevor Jones, which I mean in this sort of minute the music is just simply haunting, I think um best yep. yep. to describe the uh the music for the scene. So we'll go into the next one of um uh Skekung, the general executive with the executive producer David Lazer, who of course has worked with Jim Henson for a very long time. I think um there was the sort of the Muppet Show that started it all with him and Jim Henson um and um and yeah just I mean we'll just talk about the film um I just love just the subtle again there's some subtlety there's like a couple of frames where you see Skikung's eyes just like just slightly yes. twitching yes yeah I even throughout the shot his his eyes are just twitching. Um and, and then and then it was Skek, Skekskil, Skeksil the Chamberlain um where you see him breathing um, Yeah his gullet moment. or whatever. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah that's great. I mean just again the uh the level of detail to make these because really, you know, you look at you look at animals, you look at weird whatever, and you see them breathing, something's moving. It's never just static, you know? Um, but there's a it's interesting, too, because if you um, look at a lot of CGI these days, everything's moving, and that's not natural either. It's a really sm- fine balance between slight movement and no movement. Um, whereas CGI, everything's moving, and so your, your, your mind tells you right away, this isn't real you know, um, whereas with these puppets, um, and I know we'll, we'll get to Agra, you know, in a few weeks. Um, but, uh, there's just this subtle movement to them, but it's not enough movement to make you think, oh, it's not real, but it's, it's just enough to make you think, no, these are real living things, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and so, yeah, I mean, we get the screenplay credit to David O'Dell, um, who worked on the previous, you know, some Muppet films with Jim Henson. Of course, Jim, you know, did the story, uh, and um, and then yeah, we we see the uh, the ritual master uh, Skek Sok. um and um, yeah, just even you know, like moving his mouth and just you see like his um, cheek yeah. bone yeah. like moving um and um and of course we see the produced uh credit to Jim Henson and Gary Kurtz who i guess you know Gary Kurtz is probably one of the legends of producers in Hollywood um who who worked very closely alongside George Lucas um during the days with uh, you know from American Graffiti Star Wars and the Empire strikes back and uh, i mean essentially you know he opted not to do uh come back to do to produce return of the Jedi and uh, you know worked with Jim Henson on this uh the dark crystal yeah um, yeah and um, and and then of course the shot ends with the white shot with directed by Jim Henson and Frank Oz um, which again yeah it was sort of a time where having two directors was very, it was a very uncommon sort of thing, uh, in Hollywood. It was always to do with one. It would always be, you know, directed by one person, one person alone. Um, but I mean, we sort of been seeing it these days actually, um, with the two directors. Uh, I think they're probably, you know, with Robert Rodriguez and Frank Miller with the Sin City films and the Rosso brothers with the Marvel films. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, it just makes me think if they were sort of the first two, uh, you know, directors to to co direct a film together, um, that would be something I'd be interested in in looking into that, um, if that was the case. Um, And just, of course, in that wide shot, you know, you see the podlings up the top and um, still see the Garth in in the middle of that shot. Um, Yes. Yeah, yeah, just the amount of, I mean, I know we keep saying this, you know, all the time about, yeah, just the detail that um, really brings us film to life. Um, and I, I think probably the, other, the only other thing that I've sort of noticed, you know, with this particular minute is uh, Skekshod the Treasurer was the only Skeksis without a close-up in the opening yep. of Skeksis. So, I mean, they only really showed um, uh, eight, eight of the Skeksis in shot and um, yeah, I think the treasurer was like the only one who um, didn't get a um, a nice close up shot.
0: Yeah, I'm sure they probably thought. I'm sure they were thinking, let's edit this. Like they wanted to make sure they were introducing everyone, but uh, yeah, that's that was probably tough for them to say. Okay, well, we got to move on. This has been a longer, long enough opening sequence, you know.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, th- this is four four minutes of narration, and I mean, we're still we're still like halfway um we're pretty much halfway through through the narration piece of the film so um but i mean it's sort of a necessity at the end of the day to really explain what the what is going on with the world at this um at this stage yeah so i i i mean this is probably the thing i'm you know looking forward to the, you know to the next uh, lot of shows because we'll finally be out of the castle and yeah. um going to um to seeing the Valley of the Mystics. So um, yeah, very much looking forward to, um, you know, as much as I love, you know, all this detail about, you know, the cast of the crystal, uh, but it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be a nice change. Uh, I, I must admit. So um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't we, know. yeah, go ahead. I
0: was going to say, we've been in this, we've been in this castle for a few, uh, a couple of hours. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. So um, no, it's all good stuff. I, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on, on the, that, this particular minute of The Dark Crystal?
0: Yeah, really, just, uh, you know, this last shot, I have it paused on, you know, at the end of this minute. Um, the, the level of detail. Um, and I know we're going to repeat ourselves saying this, but we can't say it enough. What film have, has, has anyone seen, except for maybe the Lord of the Rings films? That's the only films that I know that have that much detail, that reflect this. The Lord of the Rings feels this detailed. That's the only set of films I've seen since this film that feels that rich and authentic. And just looking at, look at that, like all of the podlings up there. And then you have the crystal hanging and then you have the Skeksis surrounding it. And then there's the the Gartham, the 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 amount of technical wizardry to pull this scene off, you know, where they're all standing still. I mean, to get the, okay, rolling camera, you know, to get everything right. Uh, this is real. I mean, this is filmmaking. This is this is the height of pre-CGI filmmaking when people had to figure out how they were going to make their films like this without, the, you know, all real world. I mean, maybe they had some like, uh, uh, what do you call it, um, animated backgrounds or whatever or some map paintings. But when it comes to this stuff, they built it all. Um, and really, really, I think it's important for people to understand this kind of filmmaking is done. No one does this anymore. Uh, so part of the my part of my um loyalty to this film, part of my obsession with this film has also as much to do with the artistry surrounding it as it does the story. like, Um, it's just every image is a feast for the eyes, every image. And I mean, the, the thought, the idea that we can do this podcast together, you and me and, uh, talk about each minute is just, it's a really exciting thing. So I can't wait for more.
1: Yeah. Me me too. Like, um, yeah, it's just, just the level of detail is just, um, is just amazing. I just, what they pulled off, you know, you know, considering that this is a film from the 1980s, and yeah, it just it just makes me look forward to um to, to future minutes of the show, um and really get to see you know more more performances and and more of the story of the Dark Crystal and you know as we keep on dissecting it. Alrighty, so I think that'll wrap up this minute of the Dark Crystal minute. If you like to follow the show, you can do so at Facebook.com. Forward slash Dark Crystal Minute. You can follow us on Twitter at Dark Crystal Min. You can send us an email at darkcrystalminute at gmail.com. This podcast is part of the Trial by Stone podcast network, so if you've got time to write a review on iTunes, we'd greatly appreciate it on the Trial by Stone podcast. I hope you all enjoyed the show and come back next time for more Dark Crystal Minute.